acted up every now and then. She called him a stinker. I didn't know that for years. She was calling me stinker for, for a while. Amen. If you have your Bibles today, grab them and turn to Exodus chapter 13. Over the last couple of weeks, we have been uh, talking about this idea that God is the God of the movement. Talking about how that God works in our lives now, but every time He does a now thing in our life, He has a next thing in mind. So that everything that is happening in our life is carrying us from one place to the next. I'm thankful today that the Lord has matured me in my faith and moved me from one place to another. I'm grateful for that. So today we're going to talk about this idea of how God guides us, how He leads us, how He gets the information that we need to us. And so in Exodus chapter 13, verses 17 through 22, I want to talk to you about this passage of Scripture. This is where God introduces to His people the pillar of, of cloud and the pillar of fire. Now last week, Jonathan talked a little bit about this, and by the way, didn't he do a great job last week? I love hearing Pastor John preach, and he did a great, great job. He referenced this, and today I want to spend a little bit of time building on it some. So beginning at verse 17 in chapter 13 of the book of Exodus, it says, Now when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt, and they were equipped for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones with you from here. And they moved on from Succoth and encamped at Etham, on the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night a pillar of fire to give them light that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Let your messenger be clear and concise to the point. Speak the words that need to be spoken today so that the people who are hearing will hear beyond the words in their natural hearing and hear with their spirit what you are speaking to us today, Father. And I give you praise in advance for what you will do because we have asked this in Jesus' name and we know that you will accomplish your work. Amen and amen. Now, I want us to talk about this idea of God leading us. Ultimately, this journey that we're reading about is a picture of us being led by God and Him delivering us from death to life. 
Now, how many of you know that sin is death? The wages of sin is death. But he is moving us out of sin and out of death and into life. He is moving us from our former destiny, which is from the devil who wants us to be killed and destroyed. And he is moving us to our new destiny, which is abundant life in Christ Jesus. The Old Testament always serves as a type and a shadow of the things that God is doing. So I, I want you to see that since this is what he's doing, there must be a pattern to how he does it. And the reality is that when God transforms us from our sin, he basically does it in three steps. And the first is this. We are delivered from the penalty of sin. If you are saved today, you can say there is no condemnation upon my soul because I have been saved by grace. And I no longer am responsible for the penalty of sin that was on my life. Jesus took that for you. And you do not have to carry the penalty of sin in your life. So I want, to, I want to say to you today, lighten up on yourself. Stop bearing the weight of your sin because it is not yours to bear. Jesus Christ, through his, his sacrifice at Calvary, has redeemed us and we are free. So because of him, we have a new position. We have a new status. We have a new identity. Stop calling yourself what you used to be and start calling yourself who you are now in Christ Jesus because the penalty of sin is gone. Secondly, we are delivered from the power of sin. Sin has no power over us. God gave us the ability to choose our attitudes and choose our actions. And we have the ability every day to choose righteousness over sin. And there's not a thing in the world that the devil can do about it. Because we have the power to overcome uh, by our own choices and actions. We have new power. We have new privilege. And there are new opportunities for us. You know, not long ago it dawned on me that as a preacher... I have to look at representing the Word of God in that light. That if we are obedient to the Word of God, it presents opportunities for us that will bring us into a place of abundance and blessing. You know, when I was a kid growing up, preachers were just mean. How many of you would say amen? I mean, they were. They were just mean. You either get right or get left. You know, that kind of thing. You either straighten your, your sorry self up or you're going to burn in hell. I mean, I heard that message I don't know how many times. And while it was true, it was not very compassionate. That, you know, it's all, there were some times when I thought that the preacher preaching that way really wanted me to go to hell instead of going to heaven. And it's easy to get very passionate about the do's and don'ts of Scripture. And trust me, there are things that Scripture tells us that we should not do. And if there are things that we should not do, the only way that we are not going to do them is by activating our will as a Christian over those things. 
But I have come to realize at this stage in my point that you're not going to shame people into doing what Scripture says. You're not going to preach this hard and heavy word and cause people to feel guilty enough to change their ways. They somehow are going to have to see the change is bringing new opportunities. And when people get so tired of their old life of sin and their old way of doing things, and they understand that there is a new opportunity in Christ to live differently, then smart people will choose those opportunities over the things that are bringing chaos into their lives. So I want to announce to you today that because of Jesus Christ, you don't have to live like you used to live. You don't have to be like you used to be. You don't have to carry that weight with you because you have new doors of opportunity that are available to you through Christ Jesus. And for me, that is a great big amen. And then finally, we will at some point be delivered from the very presence of sin. As long as we're alive and on the face of this earth, we'll never be able to avoid sin. We will never be able to avoid the impact of sin. But thank God there is coming a day when Jesus Christ comes again and whisks us out of this sinful world and we shall forever be with Him in a sinless environment. And I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to the day when I will have a new place in the presence of Jesus Christ where sin can no longer touch my life. So we have this reality. And while we're living out this life, there's one thing that we've got to get in our spirit. Something that we must do. And it is this. We have to follow the cloud because God is faithful. We have to follow the cloud, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. The cloud and the fire represent the guidance of God, the leadership of the Lord over our lives. Now listen, one of the benefits of being a Christian is that you automatically get God to lead you. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. It is the heritage of of the people of God to be led by God Himself. We're not following man. Yes, we have pastors, and yes, we have teachers, and I'm thankful for men and women who are able to plant things in my life that will help me. But ultimately, the leadership comes from God Himself, and it is our heritage. Now, this story that we're talking about today was Old Testament. So it represents a time where there was no written word of God for us to depend on. There was no Holy Spirit living within us that we could take comfort from and learn from. So they had no word and they had no Holy Spirit. So the only way that they could see the manifest presence of God and His leadership was when God did strange things to capture their attention. There were times when God manifested Himself in ways that He does not manifest Himself today. Such was the cloud and the fire. So today as we talk about this idea, let's look at three different things. First of all, I want you to see that God protects us from visible 
and invisible enemies. Now I want you to look at verse 17 one more time with me. It says, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and they return to Egypt. So sometimes God does not take us on the most direct route to blessing. And there's a reason for it. And I would suggest to you today that sometimes when God does that, it's because He knows that you are not ready to fight the battle that you would have to fight if He took you down the short path. So He needs to take you on a detour. He needs to take you a different route so that you can experience His power and His presence in His life. So sometimes God leads us down the longer way. So in this story and this passage of Scripture, we understand that God sent His people south when if you look at the map, they needed to go northeast. How many times has your GPS ever fouled you up? I mean, you wound up in a place where you were not expecting to go, but you went there because the GPS told you to go there. Well, it would have been much quicker, if you will, for the Israelites to go one direction, the short way, than to go God's direction, which was the long way. But sometimes God detours you and delays you from ultimately what you're going to have because he knows that you're not quite ready to fight the battle that you would have to face if you went the other way. So sometimes God takes us the longer way. We see this in Scripture all the time. David went the longer way before he became king of Israel. He was called to be king when he was a young man. But he didn't immediately go into that position. He had to take the long way around. In fact, some of the time he was being chased by Saul. He had to hide in caves. There were times that his life was in danger because Saul thought that he was trying uh, to take his kingship away from him. But David wasn't trying to take it away. He could have taken it away whenever he wanted to. But Saul was literally handing his own kingship away by the way that he was acting out and with the attitudes that he possessed. But it took David a little while to get where he needed to go. Sometimes it takes us a little while to get where God is taking us. The Apostle Paul was the same way. He went the long way around to Rome because it brought a greater good into and out of his life by going the long way. There was one occasion even when Jesus went the long way. When he said to his disciples one day, he said, I must needs go through Samaria. Because he knew that there was someone there who needed his touch. And so instead of going the short way, he went the long way. Let me tell you today that if God has you on the long way, chill out. It's going to be okay because God sees the invisible that you don't quite yet see. So sometimes he takes us the longer way. 
the longer way is usually the safer way. Now, I don't know if you saw this in Scripture or not, but in verse 17 it said, When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. Who was pursuing Israel? Who was on their tail? Was it the Philistines? No, it was Pharaoh and the Egyptians. They thought that they were going to have to fight Pharaoh and the Egyptians. They didn't even know who the Philistines were at that point. They had never engaged in battle with the Philistines to this point. But God knew that if they took the short route, they were going to be marching right through Philistine territory, and the Philistines were known as being great warriors. And they were not ready to fight the Philistines. But had they gone the short route, they would have come face to face with these warriors. So listen, what I'm saying to you today is is that God knows the invisible. He knows what is ahead of you if you go a particular way. God knows what you're going to face if you take your own path. And if you will listen to him, he will guide you, even though it makes no sense to you whatsoever. Even though it may take a little longer. Even though it may uh, look impossible to you. If you'll follow God's way, it'll be the safer way. Can you say amen to that? They couldn't see the Philistines, but listen, they could see Pharaoh. Notice uh, Exodus chapter 14 and verse 10. It says, And when Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly, and the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They couldn't see the Philistines, but they were very well aware of the presence of Pharaoh. And so what I'm saying to you today is that as God leads us, He is not leading us blindly. There may be some things that we don't see, but listen, there is nothing that God does not see. Because He is omniscient, He is omnipresent, He is omnipotent. He has all the knowledge and the understanding and the wisdom that we need. And if we will follow Him and go where He leads us and guides us, we'll find our way where we ultimately need to go according to His plan. Secondly, God reminds us of faithfulness that we cannot forget. Now I want you to notice verse 19 in chapter 13. It says, Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones with you from here. So here's the picture. Joseph had died, but now he was requiring Moses to carry his bones around. How many of you would like to have to carry somebody's bones around with you? Yeah, what's that sack on your back? What, what do you got in there? You got some oatmeal? You got some grain? You got some bacon? I don't know. What do you got? I got bones in here. 
Oh, do you have a big dog? Do you feed the bones to your dog? No, no, no. These are Joseph's bones. And I'm carrying these bones because he required us to remove his bones from Egypt so that his legacy might be in the promised land and not in captivity. And so he was carrying the bones of Joseph. But that's not all. Look at Acts chapter 7, verses 15 and 16. It says, And Jacob went down into Egypt, and he died, he and our fathers, and they were carried back to Shechem, and laid in the tomb that Abraham had bought for a sum of silver from the sons of Hamar in Shechem. I want you to notice verse 15. It says, He and our fathers. Now what he's saying here is that not, not only were the bones of Jacob taken, but the bones of the fathers were taken. So not only was Moses carrying bones around, but everyone from the different tribes were carrying bones as well. Them bones, them bones, them dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. Carrying these bones... Because God was not going to allow their legacy to be one of captivity in Egypt. He wanted their legacy to be one in the promised land so that their testimonies might live on. So let me tell you that God is doing a thing that will remind us of His faithfulness. What God is doing now is preparing you for what He will do next. What God is doing in you now is preparing you for what He will do next. Now here's what I want you to see. Israel's now was that they were being transferred from bondage to the promised land, but they weren't there yet. They're now was that they were waiting for God to manifest deliverance in their lives. They were walking in their now, now, which was a time of transition. But while they were walking in their now, they had the bones of their forefathers over their back going with them, and their forefathers were experiencing the next that God had promised them many years before when they were walking in there now. Here's what I'm trying to say to you. There are going to be people in your future. They're going to help you get to what God has for you next. Because God has made promises in your life. He's made promises to you. I am living in my now, but I'm living in the next of my mom and dad who prayed for me and believed that God was going to raise me up and that God was going to save me and God was going to deliver me and God was going to call me to preach and God was going to call me to minister within the church. And so I am living in my now while mom and dad are rooting me on from heaven experiencing the next that God had promised to them. 
I, you know, I don't have this in my note, notes, but let me just say to you parents, the greatest thing that you can wish for your kids is that they follow God in God's call upon their lives. Stop worrying about whether or not they're rich. And stop worrying about whether they're successful. Stop worrying about whether or not they get to be a lawyer or whether or not they meet some mate that's going to be, you know, beautiful and, and rich and all that kind of stuff. Let me tell you something. If you'll just start praying for their soul and saying, God, I dedicated this child to you when you gave this child to me, and I trust you uh, to guide uh, and direct their path. And whatever that looks like, even though it may not look like what I think it ought to look like, God, I want it to be what you think it ought to look like. I want my, my next to be involved in their now when they begin but when they begin to live it. So Israel's now was actually the fulfillment of Joseph's next. You see, what God was reminding them is this. The God who was our help in the years past is our hope for the years to come. I, I, you know, I've, I've told Donna not long ago, I said, I want the last years of my life to be the most productive years of my life. I want my spiritual energy to be greater and to be more anointed than it's ever been in my life. I, not, I may not be able to act like I did when I was 25 or 30 years old, but I've got wisdom and I've got knowledge and I've got understanding right now in my life that I've never had before. And I feel like I am full of a gold mine of godly spiritual things. And if there's anybody that wants to listen, I'm more than happy to explain to you the good things that God is able to do in your life. And if you will follow the things of the Spirit, your life will be an amazing life. You know what I think we ought to do? I think sometimes we ought to just sit around and remember. Donna was telling me about how that she was with her father one day this week. And by the way, continue to pray for him. You know, we're just on that journey. Just waiting for God to do what God's going to do. But she was sitting with him and he would remember things. And he would talk about things that he remembered. And I sometimes look back and remember things and... And remember what God did here. And remember what God did there. And even though it is not my now, it contributed to my now. And it will continue to contribute to my next as I move forward. But I can remember back and remember God doing things and it inspires me. It makes me remember what God did. And I don't live in that moment. I don't, I don't just stay in that moment. But what it does is it enables me to move forward because the faith that that built in me now is what's going to lead me to take the next step into my next that God has for me. And I'm looking to my next with twinkly eyes with sparkly eyes, with anticipation of what God is going to do, with expectation of the best things and the good things that God has for me. I'm not no Debbie Downer or no ridiculous Ron or anything like that. I'm just a man of faith believing that God is going to do great things in my life.
The God who was our help in the years past is our hope for the years to come. Thirdly, God leads us with guidance that we cannot explain. God says that His ways are not our ways. So we can't always understand what God is doing. Look at verse 20. It says, And they moved on from Succoth and encamped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. Did you ever hear anybody say, I'm living on the edge? Man, that's what God wanted them to do. He wanted them to live on the edge. Let me give you some insight into this. Etham was literally on the edge of where they were going to have to make a decision. Further movement from Etham would require a divine move of God. But to get to Etham did not require a move of God. It was within reach with their own natural abilities. All they had to do was decide that I'm going to Etham. All they had to do was listen to the voice of God. Etham is right there. All I have to do is go there. And they trusted, and they went to Etham. It did not require a miracle. There were no seas that had to be parted. There was nothing in particular that God had to do. God just wanted to reposition them and get them to a place where that their next move would require a miracle from God. Had they stayed where they were, they wouldn't have been positioned for the miracle. But by moving to Etham of their own will and by their own desire, they were positioning themselves for the miracle that was to come. Now go ahead and strap your seatbelt on. I'm going to say what I'm about to say with as much love as I can muster up. But I think you need to hear it today. We find ourselves praying for miracles when we have not positioned ourselves for miracles. We're still stubbornly holding on to what we know. And we are still stubbornly standing in our comfort zone when what God wants us to do is to get out of our comfort zone and move to Ethan. You're not going to get your miracle right here. You're going to have to be willing to move to Etham. And when you're in Etham and you are positioned for the miraculous, then when the time is right, God is going to pour out a miracle upon you that will absolutely blow your mind. But it's not going to happen over there. It's going to happen here on the edge of the wilderness. I mean, you're standing here on the edge of the wilderness. Oh my gosh, look out there. It looks so desolate. There's nothing out there. I can't see any promise in the wilderness. I can't see any hope in the wilderness. I can't see any water that's going to sustain us. I, I can't see any food that will sustain us. I, I can't see my way through the wilderness. 
because it looks so void of resources. And it makes me feel desperate instead of hopeful. And when you're in a position like that, God has you right where He wants you. Because if, if you're not careful, you'll look for the natural signs that will take you to the next level when what God wants you to see sometimes is absolutely nothing. There will be times in your life when you have to make a choice to follow God when it makes no sense to you at all. You will have to make choices in your life when it goes against everything that you desire. But it's what God wants for you. And here they are. They're on the edge of the wilderness. And God is wanting them to camp there. He doesn't say just pass through, Ethan. He said, I want you to go to Ethan and I want you to camp there. You know why he wanted them to camp? Because he did not want them to get ahead of the cloud. He did not want them to get ahead of the fire. He did not want them to get ahead of his guidance and his leadership. They had to experience the now before they could experience the next that God had for them. But they had to live in the natural for a while until God was ready to give them the supernatural. I don't know, I thought I was preaching pretty good today. I thought by now somebody would surely be shouting and thinking about what God has in store for them. Let me tell you something. God is going to take us where He leads us to go if we will be obedient to Him. So here's some things. God's way, God's guidance is a timely way. It will happen in His timing. God's Way is a mysterious way. A cloud? Why a cloud? Why would God want to move in a cloud? It's interesting, isn't it? Why fire? Well, I'd like to say it's because he knows I like to roast hot dogs, and so fire is necessary to be able to do that. God manifests himself in a very mysterious way. But he performs his miracles in the midst of that mystery. Sometimes he guides us from the front. And sometimes he guides us from the back. Somebody come help me quit. I need to quit because I preach all day long today. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Do you remember? Pastor John talked about it last week. Do you remember he was leading from the front in the cloud and in the fire? But when Pharaoh started getting close, the the scripture says that the cloud went to the back. Did you ever think about that? How many of you have ever flown? Can I see your hand flown in an airplane? Most of you. Have you ever flown on a day when it was cloudy and it was rainy and it was nasty? And you're thinking, man, those clouds look awfully dark. Those clouds look awfully mean and mad and angry today. I don't know. I don't like those dark clouds. And then the pilot puts it in gear and here you go. And you start climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing. And you get above the clouds and something happens. 
they're not black on the top side. They're not dark on the top side. They're bright on the other side. They may be dark underneath, but on the top, they are bright and they are light. And that's what God was doing. God moved the cloud from the front to the back. And all Pharaoh could see was the dark side of the cloud. There was no hope whatsoever. God has moved. And I don't see any way possible. I'm still going to try. I'm still going to give it my best shot. But God was saying to Pharaoh, there is no hope for you. I'm showing you no hope to overcome my kids. But on the Israel side, they saw the light. On the Israel side, they saw hope. On the Israel side, they saw the miraculous. On the Israel side, all they had to do was just wait in Etham for the mo moment of supernatural presentation of God's will for their lives. Uh, and they were standing ready and prepared. And that's what God's trying to do in our lives. He wants us to see the light in Him. He wants us to focus on the light of His glory. Now let me just share with you one last thing and then we'll, we'll pray. God doesn't lead us with the cloud and with the fire anymore. Those days of physical manifestation like that are over. So did God leave us alone? Did God say, you're on your own? No more help from me? Absolutely not. He's given us two things. That if we will take advantage of them, will give us the guidance of God. And the first is His Word. It says in Psalm chapter 119, verse 105, Your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. His Word. Israel didn't have His Word. We have it. We should be eating this book daily. We should be reading it with anticipation. God, I know... There are parts of it I may not understand. But God, there are, there are things in here that will change my life. And let me tell you, the things that you don't understand, the Spirit of God will help you understand. You say, well, is that true? Well, look at John chapter 16. Verses 7 and 13, it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And here's what's going to happen. Verse 13, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will give us what? The things that are to come. You know, I think sometimes we just so get so caught up in the now. You know, I love my husband, I love my wife, I love my kids, I love my church, I love the spirit, I love this, I love that, I love apple pie, I love banana pudding, I love a good steak, cooked medium well with baked potato. I love, I love all these things. But God does not want us to remain in the now. 
He wants to move us to His next that He has for us. You know, one of the next things that He has for us is that He's going to come again. So that where He is, I might be forever. Now, we've talked a lot, Donna and I, over the last few weeks and months and even the last few years about our parents passing. And listen, if you still have your parents with you, praise God for that. Enjoy them as much as you can. Now, we've got three gone and one on the way. But listen, we're not sad because they were all men and women of God. They loved Jesus. They served Him the days of their lives. And as long as they were in the now, they were dedicated to the things of God. But God had a next for them. And three out of four of them are experiencing that next now. Let me tell you, I don't know how long I have to live on this life. And as long as I'm here, I'm going to live with all the gusto I can live with in the now. But one of these days, uh, I'm going to have a next too. And the Lord's going to call me home. Uh, and when I am in His presence and absent from this body, me and Jesus are going to have a good time. It's like the Doobie Brothers used to sing so many years ago. Jesus is just all right with me. Amen. I don't care what this world has to offer me. I want Jesus more than anything. Don't you stand with me this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now listen, I want to pray for you today. I'm not going to call you up front. I don't think you have to call, do that, but I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in just a minute. And I'm going to pray for you. There are people in this house today that you need knowledge. You need understanding. You need wisdom. You need spiritual, divine guidance for decisions that you are facing that you're going to have to make. I want to suggest to you today that if you'll trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge Him. He shall direct your path. Do you believe that today? Let me see the hands of every individual in this house today that you have a decision that you're going to need to make in the near future and you know that you need the guidance of the Lord. Would you just throw those hands up in the air throw them up yep I see those there's a lot of them now look at me you can do it God can help you but he's going to move you from where you are to evil he's going to put you on the edge of the wilderness but it is there that you will be positioned for the miracle that you're hoping for. How many of you are willing to live on the edge with Jesus? Can I see your hands? Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I come to you right now. I thank you for this message. <laughs> I've inspired myself today. Lord, I know that there are decisions that I have to make in the next few days and weeks and months and years to come. And I know that I can't make them on my, my own, but I know that with your help, there's nothing impossible. You will guide me. 
you will lead me. You will direct me. Father, there are people in this house today right now that the answer to their next move lies in the Word of God. It's already there. All they need is to discover it and commit to it. Because if they will do those two things, if they will discover your Word and commit to do it, then you will be faithful. But Lord, they've got to follow the cloud. When they're discouraged, Lord, they've got to follow the cloud. When there are no resources before them, they've got to follow the cloud. When they have fallen and they're having a hard time getting up, Lord, will you help them get up and follow the cloud? Lord, when their relationship is falling apart, Lord, will you help them to follow the cloud? Lord, when they don't know what to do, will you help them follow the cloud? But because it is when we follow the cloud that we will find our answers. And Lord, you did not leave your people on the edge of the wilderness. You did not leave them in Ethan. They had to be there for a while. They had to be there for a time, but they were positioned for the miraculous. And when it was time, you moved them from where they were to where you wanted them to be. And so, Lord, right now, I pray in Jesus' name that these people who are taking steps to move themselves to Etham, to position themselves for the miraculous that they will wait upon the Lord and they will follow the cloud until such time that the miraculous breaks through on their behalf I ask it in Jesus name